You're not in this story. Yeah, well, we're making it up as we go. Hello and welcome to Making It Up As We Go, a Destiel fan fiction anthology podcast. We're making it up as we go. I'm your host and reader, Nerdy Nerdenstein. The story is ours now. You can't have it back. Please be warned that the stories featured can and will contain explicit sexual content and is not intended for young audiences. Today I'll be reading Have You Ever, Part 1, The Man in the Overcoat, by Jezapoof. The rating for this fic is explicit. The pertinent tags for this fic include Shameless Smut, Humor, First Time, Dean Winchester in Denial About His Sexuality, Human Castiel, Top Castiel Bottom Dean, Rimming, Sex on the Impala, Fluff and Smut. Yeah! Have You Ever, Part 1, The Man in the Overcoat Written by Jezapoof Read for you by Nerdy Nernstein Summary Everyone in the bunker can feel a weird, intense energy between Cass and Dean that has been building for some time. Cass has done some research and is pretty sure that Dean's feelings towards him swing in the yes-homo direction. He plots to give Sam a single-person case to get him out of the bunker constructs an absolutely ridiculous movie night proposition, and hopes his plan is just crazy enough to get Dean on board with furthering their profound bond, ideally bent over the hood of the Impala. Sam notices that the energy between Dean and Cass has been especially weird lately. Tense. Not like they're upset with each other, but like something is simmering below the surface. He's not entirely sure what it is, but he doesn't want to be here when it boils over. Time to start looking for a quick salt and burn to get him out of the bunker. Cass has noticed it too. Something is increasingly off with Dean. Cass knows that they're best friends, but sometimes it seems like there might be more there. A lingering touch, Dean's eyes drifting and staying too long on Cass's lips. Dean's perpetual inability to sit still and not shift around in his chair. Cass is still trying to get a handle on understanding the intricacies of human interaction. But some aspects of their friendship feel performative to him. Specifically, They seem platonically performative, especially when Dean keeps stating, overstating, that they are friends, 
buddies, pals. Frankly, it's a little suspect. Dean, for his part, feels so twitchy these days he doesn't know what to think. He tries not to think. Drinking. That's better than thinking. He's practically a professional, and it keeps his focus blurred. Alcohol tones down the meaning behind the urges that he tries his best not to notice or understand. Cass is his best friend. He loves him more than anyone, except maybe Sam. That depends on the day, to be honest. But sometimes, the way Cass looks at him with those gorgeous... Gorgeous? Where did that word come from? Blue eyes. It makes him uncomfortable. Flushed. Warm. And if his cock twitches when Cass raises an eyebrow, surely that's just a coincidence. Dean's a man. Erections happen. Random. Definitely not connected to a raised eyebrow. That makes zero sense. And if it also happens when he sees Cass lick his lips, well, lips are surely gender neutral. And why does Cass have such full, plush lips? Must be some weird angel thing. Maybe he should check the lore. That morning, Sam's insides leap with joy. I found a case, he announces at breakfast. Before anyone can ask, he continues, Just a single ghost haunting. It's about a day's drive from here, so I should be back in a few days. Dean's eyes shoot towards him. A case? I'll get my stuff. No! Sam quickly clears his throat. More calmly, he clarifies. No, really, it's nothing big. Nothing I can't handle. Besides, it's not too far from where Eileen is staying. Sam hopes that should get Dean to back off. He's always trying to get Sam laid. The case isn't actually anywhere near Eileen, but Dean doesn't need to know that. Oh, yeah, you should do that. Check on her. Dean leers a bit at the end of the sentence. Sam is relieved that mentioning Eileen worked. If he has to spend one more day cooped up with these two and whatever this weirdness is, he's going to lose his damn mind. Hell, he probably could have just made up a case, too, but that seemed a step too far. Castiel watches the conversation with interest. If Sam leaves, maybe he can push things a bit with Dean. He has an idea of what's going on. Thanks to doing some research online, gathering some evidence during his nightly strolls around the bunker. Cass has trouble sleeping, so sometimes he wanders the bunker at night. Sometimes he wanders past Dean's room. Sometimes he hears things. Heavy breathing, slick sounds of lubricated flesh, a creak of bed springs. He's damn near certain that he's heard a moan that has sounded awfully close to his name. After those nights, he noticed that Dean's platonic performance really steps up a notch the next morning, while Dean avoids eye contact with him and really leans into the buddy stuff. Cass loves Dean more than anything else on earth, or heaven. Ever since he pulled Dean from hell, Dean has been his end game. In whatever form that takes, they're profoundly bonded. Whatever he can get from Dean will be enough, he assures himself. He would never, ever force him into more than what he was truly comfortable with. But especially now that he's human, Cass has noticed a distinct spike in his own sexual urges. This is new to him, and he's not entirely sure what to do with it. He's not sure if stroking his thick cock while thinking about Dean doing the same as helping 
or just digging him in deeper. It doesn't help that Dean is exceptionally beautiful. Not just his soul, but he's physically stunning. Bright green eyes, full lips, smooth, freckled skin, covering a perfectly muscled yet also cuddly body. Or at least Cass assumes so. Dean looks like he'd be perfect for cuddling. What would the Winchesters do when confronted with something puzzling? Castiel asks himself. They, or at least Sam, would dive into research. Castiel doubts there will be anything in the lore, so he tries the internet instead. From what he gathers, all signs point to Dean being carnally interested in Castiel. This is complicated by the fact that Dean seems to have some internalized homophobia, despite mountains of evidence that he's clearly bi. Cass thinks that maybe Dean would respond well to being given orders. Although Dean is great at taking charge, he shouldn't always have to. Castiel wonders if maybe something in the direction of a light dom-sub dynamic would help Dean work through his feelings. One way to find out, he supposes. Thus, a plan is formed. One could call it a trap, maybe, but Castiel hesitates to call it that because if there is truly any pushback, he'll gracefully back off and let things continue as they are. The case is set, Sam is gone, and it's time to see where the chips fall. Castiel is nervous, but determined to find out if his suspicions are correct. Dean, would you like to watch a movie tonight? We haven't done that in a while. You seemed tense lately. Maybe a comedy would help. Sure, Cass. Did you have something specific in mind? Dean loves spending time with Cass, being near him, but he's definitely less tense if it can be in a dark room, like the Dean Cave, without those intense, impossibly blue eyes staring into his soul, making his insides squirm in a way he refuses to examine. Well, it has been a while since we've watched any of you askew movies. Those are fun, if somewhat puzzling. I think we left off with Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. Am I making a mistake? This plan is weird at best. This is a good idea. Well, it's too late to back out now. Weird choice given his lack of pop culture awareness, but I love those dumb movies. Dean thinks. Sure, buddy. Make some popcorn and I'll grab the beer. Sounds good. I'll be back with snacks. Cass heads to the kitchen to make popcorn. His hands only shake a little. He hopes the beer will help with that. It certainly seems to help with human anxiety. This is not something he had to deal with as an angel, but he has to do something to break this tension, or at least try. Right? Right. Deep breath. Time to get this started. Cass arrives in the Dean Cave with snacks. Cass is dressed in his standard trench coat over his sweats and t-shirt, while Dean is dressed more normally for a quiet night at home in sweats, a t-shirt, and flannel. Dean is so used to seeing Cass in the coat that it doesn't even register that it should be a weird thing to wear with essentially pajamas. He hands Cass a beer and swallows a decent portion of his own. It has nothing to do with the way his hand brushes against Cass's. Nope. If Cass has extremely enticing hands that I want in his... Nope, not pursuing that line of thought. More beer. That'll help. Uh, Cass, seems I'm thirstier than I thought. Gonna go grab a few more beers. Cass just raises that eyebrow and watches Dean leave. Cass settles into the opposite end of the couch and braces for metaphorical impact. They start the movie and are two beers in. 
Watching movies is something they both feel comfortable with, and some of the tension is broken, as Dean is giggling like a teenager and Cass doesn't understand the references. Cass, unbeknownst to Dean, has seen this movie and is getting increasingly concerned about his probably definitely ridiculous plan. The moment is coming, and he steals himself. On the screen, the character of Jay says, Yo, baby, you ever had your asshole licked by a fat man in an overcoat? Have you? Cass asks, turning to Dean. Dean chokes on his beer. What? He sputters. Have I? Eyes wide, panic fully engulfs him. Do or die, Cass thinks. Have you ever had your asshole licked by a man in an overcoat? What? I, Cass, what? What in the actual fuck is going on? Why is he asking me that? Why is he looking at me like that? What the fuck? Dean gulps, sweat forming along his brow. I was just curious. It seems like a legitimate question. Cass raises his eyebrow, waiting. Dean is pretty sure his brain is shorting out. Or maybe he's having a heart attack. Maybe he's cursed? Fallen into an alternate universe. And fuck, why is my goddamn traitorous cock so intensely interested in this line of questioning? Dean swallows the rest of his beer, hoping to calm his nerves, and wondering how the fuck can Cash just calmly ask something like that? Again, what in the ever-loving fuck is happening? I apologize. Maybe that wasn't a fair question, Dean. Allow me to rephrase. Cass speaks calmly, evenly, as if he's trying not to spook a scared animal, which essentially is what is happening. Shit, he's scared. I've got one shot to not fuck this up. Would you like to have your asshole licked by a man in an overcoat? Cass licks his lips subtly. Nothing overtly performative. Just a brief flash of tongue. Dean whimpers. Fuck, did I just whimper? No, fuck. What? Did he really just ask if I want him to lick my asshole? Dean breaks eye contact. His eyes drift down. Jesus, Cass is hard. Dean's brain ceases to function. This is either going to be the smartest or stupidest thing I've ever done, Cass thinks. But Dean hasn't yelled at him or said no, and is definitely physically interested, putting on his best commanding but still gentle voice. Dean, come with me. Cass stands and reaches out his hand to Dean. Dean stares at him like a bizarrely, painfully aroused deer in headlights. But he's never been able to deny Cass anything. And Jesus Christ, does he want Cass's tongue inside of him? if he's being honest with himself for perhaps the first time in his life. He lets Cass pull him up from the couch on shaky legs, electricity sparking throughout his body from the contact. Cass gives him an approving look, lets go of his hand, and says, Follow me. Cass speaks, and Dean's body follows. Where? He says softly, sort of in a daze. Garage. Cass replies with an unquestionable note of authority in his voice. Mild panic on the inside, cool and calm on the surface. This just might be crazy enough to work. The lights in the garage are dim, almost romantic, if one were to be in such a mood. Cass prepped as much as he could in advance, including giving Baby a fresh coat of wax. 
They stop in front of the car. Cass takes Dean's chin in his hand and looks into his eyes. Dean, I'd like to kiss you now. If that's going to be a problem, I need you to speak up. Dean just stares and licks his lips nervously. Cass takes that as being as close to consent as Dean is capable of at the moment, and he leans forward, brushing his thumb over Dean's cheekbone. The kiss starts gentle and sweet. He doesn't want to spook Dean or push past his boundaries. Lips pressed together. Cass slides his other arm around Dean's waist. Dean leans into him, gasping softly and parting his lips. Cass takes this as the invitation it is and licks into Dean's mouth. Dean's brain is stuck on a loop of holy fuck, holy fuck, holy fuck as Cass's mouth moves against his, hot and wet and so good. It's better than any of the fantasies that he still debates denying having. But at this point, maybe it's time to let the denial ship sail. He moves his hand behind Cass's neck, pulling him in closer. Cass shifts forward, and his hard cock brushes against Dean's through their pants. Dean is making the most delicious noises, and he shifts his hips against Cass's, seeking more friction. Cass's hands slide down to Dean's ass, and he pulls them tightly together, grinding his length against Dean's. Cass pulls away, panting, taking in the sight of Dean. His pupils are blown wide, his lips red and kiss-swollen. A look Cass is sure he mirrors. Dean, I want to taste you. Dean draws in a sharp breath and he looks into Cass's eyes with the same vulnerable and needy look that Cass has seen before, but this time with even more intensity. Cass pushes the flannel shirt off of Dean's shoulders and slides it down his arms while he runs the tip of his tongue up Dean's neck, gently sucking at the pulse point there. He hears Dean moan and relax into it, so he pulls off Dean's t-shirt. So beautiful, he murmurs. I've wanted this for so long, wanted you for so long. He has, ever since he pulled Dean from hell and saw into his soul. He's wanted the beautifully damaged man in every way possible. He kisses along Dean's collarbones while running his hands over his torso. Cass delights in the way Dean gasps when he brushes his thumbs over Dean's nipples. Cass grows impossibly harder at the moans coming from Dean as he runs his tongue over a nipple sucking on it and then letting his teeth lightly graze over it. Dean is trembling slightly with the pleasure sweeping through his body. Cass, please, more, he murmurs, breathless and needy. Cass kisses and licks his way back up to Dean's ear, briefly suckling on the earlobe before saying, Turn around and place your hands on the hood of the car. Dean eagerly does as he's told. Yeah, Dean pants. Anything, Cass. Cass may not have his grace or mind-reading powers anymore, but he's pretty sure that Dean means it. He's overwhelmed by the strength of their connection and the love and adoration flowing between them. He places his hands at the waist of Dean's pants and boxers, hooks his thumbs inside, and slowly sinks to his knees as he pulls them down. Cass hums in appreciation, gazing at Dean's perfect ass as he helps him step out of his clothing. Cass kisses his way up Dean's thighs, skimming his hands over his ass. He stands behind Dean and leans over him, placing his hands over his. Relax, Dean. 
I'm going to make you feel so good. Dean feels a little vulnerable, being naked while Cass is still fully clothed, but he can feel the reassuring warmth from Cass's body, the comforting weight over him. Cass melts against him and pushes his pelvis forward, and Dean can feel the hot, hard length of his cock pressing against his ass. Cass uses his knees to urge Dean to spread his legs. Yes, Dean, just like that. You're being so good for me. Cass thrusts gently against Dean's ass, which makes Dean gasp and arch his back and spread wider, sliding his hands up and pressing his chest to the car. Dean can feel his hard, leaking cock sliding against Baby's freshly waxed hood. It's so smooth and such a delicious pressure. Now that Dean is suitably relaxed and lost to a haze of lust, Cass moves back down, kissing his way down Dean's spine. Cass gently squeezes his hips before moving his long, graceful fingers to cup the globes of Dean's ass and spread him open. Perfect, Cass murmurs. His own cock is painfully hard and dragging against the growing wet spot on his own pants. The damp, teasing pressure feels incredible. Dean feels Cass's warm breath on him, and then he feels the slick, wet heat of Cass's tongue pressed against his perineum and licking up over his hole. Dean's hips jerk back and he makes a noise that he will deny to his dying day. He feels subtle vibrations from Cass's groaning as he continues lapping at the tight furl of muscle and tracing the tip of his tongue around the rim. Cass is wondering how far he dares to take this when he hears Dean gasp. Fuck. Cass, more, please. Cass spreads his cheeks further and points his tongue, pressing into that wet heat, working the tight ring of muscle loose. Dean is pushing back and sliding forward, fucking himself against Cass's mouth. Cass can't believe this is actually happening. Dean tastes even better than he imagined and is so needy and pliant. His own cock is throbbing with need. The wet drag of his pants feels incredible, but it's not nearly enough. Dean can't believe this is actually happening. Although he's been in love with Cass practically since the day they met, and he's felt this physical attraction to him go from crush to desperate need over the years, he's never dared dream that something like this would actually happen. He doesn't get to have good things like this. And goddamn, is this good. He's never felt an intensity like this in any previous relationship or encounter with another person. While Dean is certainly no stranger to sex, this actually is the first time he's let someone do this. He's always felt too exposed, too vulnerable with anyone but Cass. He's certainly thought about it, fantasized about this very mouth doing these deliciously filthy things to him but even in his wildest fantasies, he never imagined it'd feel this good. The wet slide of his cock against the car as Cass fucks his tongue in and out of his hole, alternating with lapping over it and teasing the rim, is incredible. Dean wants more. Forever. Every day, if possible. Cass's mouth is so good. But he also wants Cass to fuck him. Mark him. Own him. He wants to drown in the feeling of Cass. Always Cass. Only Cass. Cass. So good. Cass. Close. Please. These words are panted with desperation. Cass moans and seals his mouth around Dean's wet and desperate hole. 
sucking while sliding his tongue in and out, as deep as he can get it. Dean's near incoherent words and sounds of pleasure have him extremely close to coming, untouched. Suddenly Dean is crying out, hole clenching around Cass's tongue as Dean's cock pulses between his stomach and the car. Dean is pretty sure he has never come that hard in his life. His vision is widening out, mind buzzing with incoherent pleasure. Gas, he gasps. Need you. Need to feel you come. Please, please, please. Dean is still slumped over the car, begging as Cass rises to his feet, pulling his aching cock out of his pants. Where, Dean? Tell me. Dean whimpers. In me. On me. Don't care. Just please. Cass groans, pressing the swollen head of his cock against Dean still pulsing in an extremely wet hole. Cass is so close, it only takes a few strokes before he's coming in and against Dean's loose hole. Now it is Cass's turn to collapse with pleasure, draping himself over Dean, loose-limbed and sated. He wraps his arms around Dean and presses soft kisses to his neck. Is this okay? He asks, slightly nervous now that the thick haze of lust is clearing. Fuck yes. But only if we can do it again, Dean replies. Cass chuckles. As often as you wish. But right now we should probably get cleaned up and move somewhere more comfortable. Yeah, solid plan, Dean agrees. Cass stands, keeping a hand to Dean's back, pressing lightly. He then kneels down on his knees, lapping his own release from Dean's dripping hole. Dean twitches with surprise and oversensitivity. Jesus, Angel, you're full of surprises tonight, he hisses. Cass smiles and murmurs. I'm not quite done tasting you. Turn around for me. As he pulls Dean back by the hips and turns him around so he can gently lick his cock and stomach clean. Don't worry, I'll clean your car too. Dean gives him an incredulous look, but Cass laughs and moves to grab a bucket of soapy water and a sponge he had hidden around the car. I know how particular you are about the car, and I wouldn't want to harm the paint. I just gave her a fresh coat of wax this morning, just in case this evening went as I'd hoped. Dean just stares at him. You've been planning this all day. Cass just smiles and says, Weeks, actually. But I think it's time for a shower and rest now. While licking you clean was certainly enjoyable, it's probably not truly sufficient. Dean blushes intensely. <laughs> yeah, probably not. Let's hit the shower. Dean pulls his boxers back on and they hold hands as they leave the garage to head to the shower. The afterglow is sweet, still a little tentative with the newness of this rapid escalation in their relationship, but neither of them want it to end. Cass turns on the shower and they both strip. Cass hears a quiet, sharp intake of breath. What? he asks Dean. I finally get to see you out of that damn coat. Cass, you're beautiful. Cass blushes as Dean's eyes sweep over his body and then settle back on his face. He's thrilled beyond measure when Dean closes the space between them, wrapping his arms around Cass and kissing him while holding him close. The warm water is relaxing, and they soap each other clean while trading a few dozen more kisses. It's mellow and sweet, now that the urgency has temporarily been satisfied. Wonderful as it is, 
The hot water won't last forever, so they turn off the shower and towel dry, slipping into robes. Now that they're warm and clean, Cass starts to get a little nervous. He was successfully able to initiate sex, but he hadn't planned as far ahead as sleeping arrangements. Dean must have seen the apprehension cross his face. He just smiles at Cass and says, Come on, Angel, you're bunking with me tonight. Cass can't suppress the pleased grin on his face. They make their way to Dean's room, holding hands and brushing against each other, not willing to break the close physical contact they finally established. They reach Dean's bedroom and slip out of their robes and underneath the blankets. Dean snuggles against Cass, sighing with contentment. Cass falls asleep with a smile on his face and his arms around Dean, sated and secure in the knowledge that, yes, as suspected, Dean's body was perfect for cuddles. The end. Thank you so much for listening. Yeah, wanna know what it's like. Life. Baby, show me what it's like. Life. I don't really got no tights. Life. I just wanna fuck all night. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, oh. Mm. Baby, yeah. I need to know. Mm. I just been fantasizing. Yeah. And we got a lot of time. Yeah. Baby, come throw the
Yo, baby, you have your asshole licked by a fat man in an overcoat? Yo, baby, you ever had your asshole licked by a fat man in an overcoat? Thank you so much for your support. I can be contacted on Twitter, Tumblr, or at makingitupaswegopod at gmail.com. If you are able, please go to the author's AO3 story and give comments and kudos to them for sharing this with us. The link is in the show notes. This will also be posted on AO3 as a podfic under my username, and the link will be in the show notes as well. As always, thank you so much for listening.